1: Lot Talk Radio.
0: Ready, set, go! Uh-huh. Welcome to the Coach Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. Hi, yo, 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 everybody, welcome into the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the smartest working man in sports radio, as we are here on our Sunday morning tradition. It is that being said, continuing into our ninth season, episode number 18 And, folks, we got a tree here. As you all know here on our show, how we kind of start the show during indoor football season. We talk a little bit about the indoor football game, that, of course, being the league that I represent, that's the champions indoor football. And we had our championship game last night, and it was outstanding. And you always kind of hope for that good game, especially when you've got your championship game going on. The one that everybody sees. The one that everybody gets an opportunity to show, see when you showcase your product. Last night, that was Champions Indoor Football. We had the opportunity to do that and bring it to you. And if you don't have Pluto TV and you missed a great game last night as the Sioux City Bandits were taking on the Duke City Gladiators in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So in Albuquerque, New Mexico, yeah, there's a football team called Duke City Gladiators there, and they were a team that were primed to get set and do very, very well this season with some of the pickups that they had this season. Whether it be defensive back, quarterback, wide receivers, things that happened, all things that fell into play. That's what ended up happening. And that was good for them as they were uh, fighting in the South, where they had to go up against the Texas Revolution, who started off really, really slow this year. But that and the Amarillo Venom. So the former champions in the Texas Revolution and the Amarillo Venom. So it was a tough, tough get go. So here's what we're going to do, folks. I'm going to put everybody just on a quick hold as Blog Talk Radio, of course, is doing the crazy stuff that they always do. So I'm going to hop on real quick. Coach is right by his phone because I gave him a little bit of warning that this is how we're going to do it. I'm going to call him really quick. So hold on, everybody. coach what's happening yes is. it is the head coach of the now 2018 cif champions it's dominic Mamate. how you doing dominic
1: hey whenever i can hang out on the couch i'm doing good
0: he's doing very good and i appreciate that as we're having a of course It just seems like when we're doing what we're going to do, it creates technical difficulties, so we had to go around it in order to bring it on, and here we are uh, doing it the second way, the backup way. But, hey, that's just what you do. And that's what you kind of do during the football season, too. You always have a grand plan of what you're going to do. At the beginning of the season, you had a grand plan on what you were going to do. During the season, you had some problems that you had to pick up and get around. So, what what happened during the season? How did the season start? What was the mentality of this team?
1: You know, uh, since day one, never mind of this season, since day one of the franchise, you know, the goal was to, uh, you know, win the trophy. But, uh, as you know, it's, it's a process, so... You know, we started this journey four years ago, and, and four years ago, I said, you know, I have a four-year, a four-year uh, building process, and uh, lo and behold, in the fourth year, we were able to, uh, you know, bring the trophy. Now, the reason why I said the four-year building process. It's because I had a four-year contract. I'll let that out now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, but but like you said, it started, and you started in Champions Indoor Football. In fact, you came in at the Duke City Gladiators to make up for the New Mexico Stars that went ahead, and they folded, it and you came over. And it, 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 describe the process of that four years. I mean, you, you started off really kind of, you know, in the back seat, already behind us. A lot of players were already fine. How were you going to get guys to your team? That was probably one of the biggest problems for you as a coach coming in as an expansion team in champions indoor football.
1: You know, no one really knows the story of our birth. You know it. Uh, but uh, that was really what last night was about. You know, when we first started four years ago uh, when we played down, uh, down in Dallas against the uh, Texas Revolution, that first game was the Revolution's fourth game of the season, and it was the first night we were in pads. And so, um, you know, we started with nothing four years ago. I'm telling you nothing, not a helmet. Yep. Not, not, I mean, we had a local high school the, you know donate uh their equipment for us uh you know and so four short years later even though i say short you know it seems long i mean it was long but it seems short yeah four short later we uh hosted the hosted the trophy last night so it was like you know it was uh i still don't believe
0: it You had a great season this season. Let's take a step back to the beginning of the season where you had to start developing this team. It's always a process, even from going from one year to the next, because you never know if you're going to be able to maintain your talent on your team. What did the season start off with as far as, you know, your personnel, who you were going to bring back? How was it – were you going to be able to bring back the guys that you – had on your team that you wanted back on your team.
1: Well, it all starts with the trigger position, and uh, we we uh, we had decisions. We were in a negotiating mode with uh, last season's quarterbacks, and uh, you know we, th- there was just some things in negotiations that didn't work out. You know, you know the player and myself kind of soured on each other. And then, you know, as, as things happen, um unfortunately for uh the CIF and Bloomington, uh, you know, as that legal process, you know, played out, Caleb Holbrook became available. And uh once he became avail- available there are IFL and CIF teams that uh you know immediately jumped on him and the good Lord blessed uh, him and us by, uh, you know, he decided to come down to Albuquerque and, and uh, we jumped in, you know, two feet with him, you know? And, and so that was really the start of, okay, what are we going to do? And then, you know, we got a, uh, you know, Matt Moss, you know, the legendary player. And, uh, you know, one of the things he was telling me in the wintertime, you know, coach, we're going to, you know, I come there, we're going to win you know, I come there, we're going to win championships. And, you know, I come the, there, we're going to win championships. You know, we've got, you know, a true leader, and Fatu Lale, who committed early. He's been with me, you know, since the beginning. Jason Surt has been with me since the beginning. He committed. And all of a sudden, the roster started taking shape. And, you know, as I told you, you know, I thought we were going to be a pretty good team. What we needed was, obviously, we needed the football gods to take care of us. You know, uh, you can't you can't win a championship without the football gods, and so everything fell the place this
0: year. And talk a little bit about Matt Moss. I know Matt Moss from Wichita, whether it be the Wichita Wilder, the Wichita Force, and his workings over in China with the AFL. You land this guy, but really, in reality, you're talking about a guy who's really kind of getting close. But I. What I've spoken with you In order for him to pull the trigger Wasn't necessarily the Gladiators, it was more of a relationship That you had on an NFL level Describe a little bit about That situation so people understand How Matt Moss, who's a Wichita guy, could end up Down there in Duke City and Albuquerque, New Mexico
1: Well, you know, the unfortunate Thing about uh, The unfortunate thing about You know, the The recruitment of Matt Moss Is that because he's such a great player They get you know unfortunate rumors About him about maybe some illegal Things and and, uh, You know Matt really came To Albuquerque Because of my relationship with John Harbaugh and really Matt said hey you know I want to go out and ball out One more year and see if I'm capable Of getting a workout With the Ravens when he came out of Texas A&M The Ravens were the first team that worked him out. And so he thought maybe, hey, man, how cool would it be to start uh, a pro career working out with the Ravens and the possibility of ending a pro career working out with the Ravens. You know, Matt Moss is, uh, when I tell you, he's, uh, you know, he gave us credibility. You know, you remember when we signed him, you know, it opened up a lot of people's eyes. Absolutely. Hey, you know, what? Look, he gave us credibility. You know, hey, what's going on in you know on the Duke City that a Matt Moss had signed that one. And once Matt Moss signed there, you know, we've got other great players to say, hey, if Matt Moss is looking at Duke City, you know, maybe I should be looking at Duke City. And so, you know, I'm thrilled at the body of work that Matt and I worked on this year. Uh God I hope this is not, you know, not the end for him. If it is the end for him, he's the the kind of young man, Sonny, that uh, will be in my heart forever. That's the kind of man that he is.
0: Take take a look at your team as you've developed. You've had a great season. You put yourself in the playoffs and uh, all that. And let's go back to last night. You You had a game where – Toward the end of the game, you had a turnover. What did you tell your players after the fumble into the end zone where the Bandits picked up a fumble from your wide receiver? Unfortunately, Clifton Rhodes uh, lost the ball. What was the message to your defense at that time? Was there anything that you were going to do differently? Was there a sense of urgency at that time? Because at the time of that turnover was toward the end of the game.
1: You know, there was no message. You know, we had natural-born leaders out on the field with, uh, you know, the Ray Littles, the Dontrell Johnsons, you know, the, the uh, um, Fred and, and uh, Paul Robinson, Freddie Griggs, Jason Serda, Brett Bowers, uh, Lale and Matt. They knew what they had to do. Nothing needs to be said that, you know, they played with their back to the wall. You know, in the playoffs, you know, playoff football is defensive football. Yes. And so, you know, each week, you know, they knew they would say they would take the field and say, all right, man, let's fall out, you know, and, and uh, they knew what they had to do. Um, they were ready, to, you know, they were ready for the challenge. And so, um, you know, we took it, you know, we kind of they were going to run a ball on us, um, you know, and their analogies were in, in their, you know, press conferences and their TV interviews is that we're the number one running team in the the, uh, CIF and that uh, they don't run the ball down south. And and we were like, yes, we do run the ball down south. Yes, the the Texas Revolution has some great running backs and Fudge and Dyer and, and, uh, you know, Wichita is a great running back and Sykes and and Amarillo. Yeah, we do run. We just run against us. So they they were just – the defense was challenged last night to say, okay, they want to talk about they run the ball up north, let's see if we – and we challenged ourselves and said, hey, let's see how good we are. We stopped everybody against the run. This is the number one running team against the – you know, with the the, the offensive MVP. You know, let's see how good we are. And uh, to hold Sioux City to 65 yards rushing and uh, 27 points, man – That plays into the adage that uh, offense wins games, but defense wins championships. So those guys didn't blink an eye on that fumble.
0: What do you tell the Clifton Rhodes? He was the guy that you picked up in the draft after the demise of the Dallas Marshals. Um, you got a little birdie tweeting in your ear about this guy and what he needs to do. What do you tell a guy at a vital part of the game after something like that happens? I don't know what that communication was, um, but, but he, was, sure. he was
1: he was he was under distress. The only thing I told him was, you know, two hands on the ball. Um, but his teammates, and that's that's what the makeup of this team. Is. This team is all about family, man. Our philosophy here in Duke City, and, and you know, the football fans might laugh, but our philosophy is, is three words. I love you. Our program is based on love. And and so um, his teammates were saying, hey, man, we'll pick you up. We'll pick you up. We're going to need you again. We'll pick you up because he was distraught, Sonny. I don't think I can remember uh, a player that would be as distraught as he was Immediately. Coming off the field, he was distraught, and his teammates picked him up and said, "Hey, man, we got this. Calm down. We're going to need you." And that's just the makeup of this team. Yeah, you know. Um, and uh, he made some great plays when he was with us. he's been with us for only three weeks, and we it thrust him in a position that he wasn't prepared to be thrusted. You know, earlier in the game, our our second half adjustment was we were going to run the ball. Right. That was our second adjustment, and. Jawan uh, Lewis was uh, tearing the field up in the second half. And unfortunately, in the fourth quarter, he got a helmet-to-helmet hit and, you know, a concussion, which forced Clifton to go in the backfield, which is, you know, as you know, Clifton's a receiver. Yes. So, you know, um, that being said, he rushed for a touchdown. though, Even though he fumbled uh, in the end zone, he also rushed for a touchdown. So,
0: you know. And he was darn close to the touchdown when he fumbled that ball. So, you know, it's uh, a good pickup in the draft. And that's another thing. you you got the pickup in the draft of uh, Clifton Rhodes then. Um, the uh, Jared Elmore pickup from Kansas City, which was a big pickup for you as his stats went like completely crazy when he joined that football team. It was six, seven, maybe even eight touchdowns uh, that he had, um, just within a few short games with your squad right there?
1: I don't think I've ever, in my long years in this business, saw a player that came along in a uh, five-week period that really came into our locker room and became a leader. When I tell you Jared Elmore is kind of a cut above, you know, I mean, he came in and made a difference not only on the field, off the field and in the locker room um I mean it, it, it we didn't know what we were getting when he came here. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. I mean we knew he was a good ball player, but we didn't know what a leader he was, you know I mean you got to hear this guy's speeches man I mean his I almost didn't want to talk to the team. I almost wanted to just let Jared talk. <laughs>
0: Good good pickups there, and, you know, obviously, you had a great season. Obviously, by the way, one thing I haven't forgot, but I just wanted to talk. We're talking to the head coach of the CIF Champions, uh, Duke City Gladiators, but we're also talking to the coach of the year, he is Dominic Belmonte. He was voted in on that, and we talk about the history. And, and history is always something that I usually like looking at, whether it be the NBA or the NFL. Looking back in history, we're talking about the first Native American head coach in professional football, and now the first Native American head coach who wins a championship. That's got to be something. That's got to be something that is very really special for you.
1: You know, I haven't even thought about that yet. You know, you're, you're absolutely correct. You know, you know, just, you know, we, we, we won a championship, uh, you know, 12 hours ago, 13 hours ago. You know, uh, you're, you're absolutely correct. Not only to be the first Native American coach, head coach and professional level, but to be a coach of the year on a professional level, to be the first Native American coach to win a championship. It is humbling. And I think as the days go by, um you know, I'll dwell on that a little bit more and, and uh you know, kind of think on that a little bit more to see if you know what it means. I know it's pretty big and and uh you know uh you know, pretty proud of the accomplishment, that's for sure.
0: Definitely should be. Now now your connection to the NFL have I you, you said that you got over a hundred messages. Did you hear from your buddy John Harbaugh? Has he oh of yet? course, man. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, Describe yeah. <laughs> that relationship a little bit for folks that don't understand. John Harbaugh, obviously the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens in the NFL. Describe your relationship and how far that goes back.
1: Uh, he's my brother and, and friend. Um, we met at a coach's clinic. We were both speaking 20 years ago at uh, called the Cradle of Coaches Clinic in Ohio. And I was speaker number three. He was speaker number four at the time. He was with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, he was the special teams coordinator of the Eagles. Well, my talk was, uh, as I was talking uh, to the Ohio uh, High School Athletic Association coaches, um, you get like a, it was like a 42-minute segment, and I, I didn't finish my talk, and the coaches were asking the director, can he talk more, can he finish, Can he finish? Because you know we, you know, we get a lot of information on what he was talking about. And the director asked Coach Harbaugh, who was on deck, said, "Hey, do you mind, Coach?" And he said, "Let him go, let him go." And um, as um, I spoke for another forty-two minutes, and so as um, I was walking off, he was walking on. He literally grabbed my forearm and said, "That was the greatest clinic talk I've ever heard." He said, can you do me a favor? Can you watch my talk? And do you have time to get something to eat afterwards? And I went, sure, absolutely. And lo and behold, we went to eat afterwards. And, and he made a fatal mistake with me. You know, he gave me his phone number. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and, yeah. and we've been brothers ever since. And, and, you know, he, I have carte blanche with him. I go in whenever I want, you know, um, He's taken me along for the ride to experience all the great things that he's he's gone through in the league. You know, when he won the Super Bowl, I was there. Uh, When he was the head coach of the Pro Bowl, I was there. Uh, I mean, and and it's just been a blessing. And the men that I've met through him is, uh, you know, it's a who's who. And so uh, it's just a blessing. And, and, uh, you know, and there's no doubt that he looks at our football players. And, you know, we will have – a player or two work out for the Ravens uh, within the next uh, month, and so uh, it's been, I'm, I'm just humbled by my friendship with him. Humbled that he would take the time. And, you know, the message, he gave us a message before the game last night, never mind after the game. You know, he he told uh, he told the guys that uh, like his dad always said in a championship game, get ahead, stay ahead. <laughs> yeah. We didn't necessarily listen to that advice, but <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
0: But that, that, that's the combination, and that that's also what players know. And that's something that gets on with doing players. I, you know, within our leagues, obviously there's rules and regulations that we have, and some people will look at what what you do and what you did, that, but the advantages of being able to offer that out to a guy that might want to, and your relationship with them, that might want to come to your team, it kind of opens the doors for more people to say, hey, maybe we should give the New City players or Shot.
1: yeah no doubt uh, no doubt so um, there's you know and listen i mean i've got such a great relationship such trust with him that if i call him up and tell him that one of our players needs to work out they get a workout and that's a fact um but that being said that player has to be uh 100 percent committed on the field and off the field because the first thing that he'll ask me when I call him about a player in a workout is he won't ask me what position does he play. He won't ask me his size or how fast. What he'll ask me is the for vouch his character. And so uh, if I can't tell my uh, – if I can't tell Harms that this guy, I believe, 100% you know, work ethic, 100% character, 100% how he lives off the field, I don't make the call. And I tell my players, you have to be almost perfect for me to make that call. Because if I make that call, you're getting a workout. I can't break that kind of trust that I have that Coach Harps has with me. So I tell my guys, you've got to be a professional on and off the field for me to make that call.
0: And you got guys on there. The defense is amazing, obviously. Uh, you've also had uh, Sertowin Winco defensive player of the year. That's huge. You're the head coach uh, there. Uh, lots of talk. has Obviously, I look out into social media data that Della Davis, unfortunately, was not put in as far as offensive player of the year. And lots of people recognize that young man's talent. Talk a little bit about Della Davis and what he means to your football team. You're talking about a guy – Hell, even Sonny Clark's a little bit taller than Delo Davis, so that that should give you an idea, you know, of what this guy is, and, and what does he bring to your team that's so special?
1: Uh, he's the heart and soul of our team. Literally, he's the heart and soul. He's a driving force. Um, he is, without a doubt, as you know, he's five foot seven, um, but he knows this game inside and out. I often compare him to Ray. I tell Delo all the time, you're a Ray, man, because he knows the game inside and out. He's one of the hardest workers. To, you know, we talked about Delo and Jason. When I'm telling you at practice, you couldn't tell if it was a game or practice with Delo and Jason server because they go a 1,000 miles an hour, you know. And so, I, I, me personally, I just don't get it how, you know, Delo, the, hey, Dar- Darian Miller was a phenomenal player, you know. Could see that last night. But for Dello Davis not to get a postseason award with the season that he had, I just think is, uh, you know, it's just not right. You know, I just I don't, I don't understand how he couldn't get any accolades. And so the goal for Dello, because he's the heart and soul of our team, that is another thing that helped inspire our guys to say, hey, you know, he didn't get a, a, an MVP award, but uh, our goal for him was to get a ring, which is the highest award. Right, um, we wouldn't be where we're at without Othello Davis.
0: Talk a little bit about your your front office. So you had a front office guy take the take the next step down, I guess you could say, as he became your special coach, uh, special teams coach. That being Matt Hayward, obviously still in the front office, as well as John Lopez. Talk a little bit about your front office and uh, your your two guys right there.
1: Well, as you know, Matt is my brother. He's my brother in arms. Um, I'll have a relationship with Matt uh, the rest of my life. You know, he wanted a unique experience this year. He wanted to know what it was like to be a full-time coach. You know, you, you know, since our inception, you know, as you know, he's in the front office as a GM. He's always been a football guy his whole life, and so he was been allowed to kind of have a carte blanche with us in football. Not an everyday, you know, not an everyday coach. Not an everyday, you know, just would be at practice when he could, you know. We'd stick him upstairs with a headset and, you know, give a little insight. This year, he wanted to get a full experience of what it was like to be a full time coach. As you know, he's a he's a first responder. He's a captain in the Leo County Fire Department, so he has a lot to juggle. And when he when he approached me at the beginning of the year to do this, I I advised against it. Because I said, Listen, man, if you're gonna be on my staff, I'm gonna I'm gonna treat you like a staff member. You need to think about this. And he said, I want the experience. And he'll tell you he never realized how hard coaches work. He never realized the time commitment. He never realized the accountability. He never realized, you know, I put my coaching staff, Landrick Brody, Martino Fias, Anthony Sando, you know, I put them through heck. You know, they, they, I hold them accountable and, you know, get in their butts more than I get in the players' butts. And so you're taking this, you know, this officer from the fire department, which they get treated with adulation, and now all of a sudden yeah. he's low man. Now he's the lone man on a totem pole, and he's getting, uh, you know, the, the details that he's not used to, and he's getting yelled at, and he's getting, you know, uh, being held accountable. It was a tough transition for him. You know, it was a tough transition for him with the amount of film work that you got to be held accountable of in watching. You know, a lot of people, as you know, want to get into this business and yeah, want to coach so they can put on that shirt and that hat and be seen. They don't know about the, the, you know, the hours of time you put in, you know, uh, in this business. And he didn't realize that. So, you know, uh, he loved it. It turned out well because, um, you know, we won a championship. But he's already stated I'm not going to coach anymore.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> so he says a negatory to next season, and that's I, the next. Yeah, season. He, <laughs> he he says I
1: want my I want to go back to my VIP card, you know, where I can come and go when I want to.
0: Got it. So, um, th- now that having been said, you win the championship. Yeah, I, I, I guess. I can just let everybody know my, my job is not done. I mean, we're, we're moving on to next season. Um, You know, we're, we're looking forward to 2019 and what's going on. What is the plan for the Duke city gladiators, the head coach, what is your off season uh, preparation moving into next season? I mean, granted, we're not gonna be hitting the field until two weeks after the Super Bowl. So we got a long time, but what does Coach Belmont do uh, from the day after you win a championship to get you to uh next year in the two thousand
1: nineteen? Well, the last the last four years, I mean there is no downtime, you know. The last four years I've always taken a week just to uh, relax and clear out and then start, you know, start preparing. My staff uh, later on this week, we will have our first two thousand and nineteen staff meeting, which we will look at our roster and target the players on our roster that uh, you know want to, uh, want to come back and we want to, you know we want back. We've already heard from a plethora of players that wanna to come to the uh, Duke City. And so uh, recruiting will start for us. In July, we'll start making contact with players, start developing relationships, start to get to know guys and stuff like that. You know, uh, we realize you know it's it's funny when when Belichick won the Super Bowl uh, two years ago in the post press release said it's all well really and good, but we're behind for the 2017 season. You know, oh, he was like, you know, we're behind, and really, I mean, there are the teams out there that uh, you know haven't played the last couple of weeks and you know, are preparing for the recruiting. And so that's right away. And, and, uh, because we know we got a target on our back, you know, as good as the North is, and we respect the North teams, the South is a juggernaut. And so, uh, we know that we're going to have a target on our back. You know, we know the revolution are going to come hunting. We know Amarillo venom are going to come hunting. We know the Wichita force are going to come hunting. And, uh, you know, we've got, to, we've got to prepare for that.
0: Definitely. He is that coach of the Duke City Gladiators. He is Dominic Momente. So, that, that I said, you know, talk a little bit about John Lopez, the guy that, I guess you can kind of say John Lopez is like the face of Albuquerque because he's everywhere I I watch his Facebook I watch what he does and he's on billboards And buses and all this Other stuff I mean you know John Lopez What describe a little Bit your relationship with him
1: Well it's uh, You know one of the things that uh, uh, John does is He gives me the keys To the car you know, you know, if you want me as your head coach, I gotta have the keys. You know, uh, if you give me the keys, we're gonna deliver for you, and that's what he does. He Trust me with the keys. He doesn't get involved in football. He tells everybody, "Hey, man, you know, coach makes the decisions." Um, he, uh, I mean, Lord knows, you know, everyone knows he's in love with himself. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he. uh you know, he lets us do our thing and the one thing that I can say that he's done best is you know, you come to Albuquerque, you don't have to worry about getting paid. Your check will be there on time, you don't have to worry about housing, you're gonna live uh pretty comfortably, and you definitely ain't gonna worry about eating. You're gonna get fed better than anywhere in the country. And so, uh, you know, it's under his guidance and not only him but Gina Thomas uh, and the rest of the ownership group that we're allowed to do what we do. So, um, you know, and, and I can't, you know, begrudge them because, listen, as long as you're paying your players on time, not missing checks, feeding them and housing them comfortably, man, that's a winning combination.
0: Oh, yeah, that's what that's what guys look at when they're going to make a decision where they're going to play, who they're going to play for. You know, so that's another thing you got uh, working for you. So the combination of the roundabout comes to a championship game. Uh, this one is huge for you. Congratulations upon giving that championship last night uh, right there. Nice. wonderful to be able to do that in front of your home crowd as well.
1: Hey, you know, uh, you know, I, I would tell people, hey, man, you don't get trophies for winning the, the, the regular season. But what you do is you get home field. And, Ben, you know how important home field is, especially for us out in Albuquerque, which is, you know, as you know, it's elevation. We're hired in Denver. And yep. so, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's been a magical season, that's for sure. And to, to bring up the first professional championship in a long time to Albuquerque means so much, not only to our city, you know, to the point where our mayor was there last night. Yeah. Our mayor was in the locker room at the celebration last night. You know, uh, it's 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 humbling, brother. It's humbling. Uh, later on this week, the team's going to be up at City Hall. It's a big thing.
0: Yeah, he even had the mayor I, as coach. He threw two touchdowns in that in that uh, preseason game for you, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Oh, I mean, this is. A, I heard him on the play-by-play when he joined in there at the four, in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, he's a baller. <laughs> There's no <laughs> doubt. He's a baller. I mean, and he really supports the Duke City Gladiators, and that's that's wonderful. You know, that yeah. really is wonderful.
0: Glad glad you're able to get him on the on the field, and glad that you joined us uh, here this morning. We're having some hard, we're having some bad technical difficulties, but we got this on recording. I'll put it out for everybody to listen to. Uh, any last things you want to say before you get on out of here and uh, taking the time here on the show? Yeah.
1: Hey, you know what? You got the, you know, the first, um, because you're the man I I wanted to get on the, uh, I wanted to get on the couch potato. Um, you know, the one thing that I want to say to any of the the CIF franchises, you know, love being in the CIF, but I'm also thrilled that, uh, you know, we wanted, we keep it a title in the South and that, uh, you know, we're South strong.
0: South Strong. He is the head coach of the 2018 Champions Indoor Football League. brings the whole brings the trophy home there to Albuquerque. Congratulations on the victory last night, coach, and obviously we'll be talking in the near future.
1: My brother from another mother.
0: You got it, my friend. We'll talk at you later. And he is the head coach. We Hello. like thank him for taking the time here on the show. Uh, he has he hung up as uh, you. Folks, and let me just make sure I am on. Yes, I'm back on. Um, I, and we are having some incredible technical difficulties. This was an interview I wanted to get on. Folks, what we're going to do is we're going to try to close this one down and see if we can get lucky enough to set up another show We're going to kick it off at 1 o'clock Central Standard Time see if we can get that all squared up and ready to go. We won't replay the interview. I'll take the replay of the interview in archive and put it out for folks within Champions Indoor Football so they can hear it. But a good interview, good uh, guy to talk to, uh, a good game last night, folks, if you have the opportunity when it becomes available. It should be over on Champions Indoor Football and its website, www.gocif.net. You can check that out. Go over into CIF TV. You should be able to click on that and it should show up sometime today uh, within Archives, uh, the championship game. Not sure if Pluto is going to, not sure if and when uh, Pluto is going to put it up at a replay and you can watch it up on the application, but you can always watch the uh, uh, the archives over there on the website. So as of right now, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and close this show out. Um, and hopefully I'll be able to get into it to be able to close the uh, the actual show so we can try to reset and get going again. So we're going to try to do that and get it all set. Thanks for those that tuned in that could hear us, because some could hear us as I'm talking back and forth. Uh, and uh, so we're going to try to get Blog Talk Radio up and running and do the rest of the last two hours of the show here on the Couch Potato Sports Show for those that um, – that don't come back for the rest of the show, that we're there for the interview. We we'll Always catch us on Sunday morning. During the offseason, we're on off from the NFL. We're on at 12 noon. When NFL starts kicking it off, we kick it off at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, taking up the game time during the NFL season. So from 12 to 3 in off season, 9 to noon during the season. We're in this one. We'll try to reset it. And start again on the Couch Potato the Sports Show. You're listening to me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
0: <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky